have ordained pagans. And now, as I'll say the words against Leda and everybody else say the words against Dom, Jesus entered into Jerusalem homely on a donkey, seeking to transform the people. Thank <laughs> you. 
thought they were really excited to see him. The crowd were full of anticipation because the king was coming. And did anyone know what he shouted as he arrived? And the donkey, he's arrived on the donkey, isn't it? <laughs> cool. <laughs> a donkey that goes around in circles. Beth? Hosanna. yes, he said Hosanna. And they shouted, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The crowd welcomed him as king. But as we know, he was a different kind of king. There was no white stallion, no show of power and strength. No William Teller chose playing in the background. He rode a humble donkey that was used in everyday life back then. So you can ride your donkey and go and sit back then. Thank you ever so much for helping him do it. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, tell him, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of, Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Here is a horse that any rider would be proud of. Strong, sleek and swift. The sort of horse that people admired and envied. A horse for a leader, perhaps for a great general or even a king to ride on. Well-groomed, well-cared for and able to cut a dashing figure. Whether in the grand procession or on the battlefield, such a horse was Marcellus, a Roman horse from long ago. Marcellus had been trained at the finest stables of his day. Marcellus had won prizes. Marcellus had seen active service with great men, the conquering heroes of the empire. He'd been ridden in the great triumphal processions of Rome itself, 
decked out in a fine golden and bejeweled harness and reins, Marcellus was a proud horse, a stately and superior horse, a horse to be reckoned with. Here is a young donkey that no rider has ever yet ridden. Stubborn, slow, and even rather silly looking. The sort of animal people sometimes make fun of. A beast of burden to carry the sacks of hay, bundles of sticks, or even a load of rubbish for the tip. Not particularly well cared for, and certainly not clean. An animal for the dirt track, the marketplace, and the back alleyways. Such a donkey was Zedekiah, Zeddy for short. Zeddy lived in a shabby cattle store on the outskirts of an ancient cattle city in the Middle East. He was overlooked by most people and only kicked and shouted at by the rest. Not owned by anyone important and never used for anything special. A poor animal and mostly in a sorry state. At the time I'm thinking of, just over 19 centuries ago, Marcellus was owned by a proud but weak Roman governor called Pontius Pilate. He'd been shipped overseas, not forgetting his fine livery and personal stable hands, to an out-of-the-way province of the great Roman Empire to do a tour of duty. At the garrison town of Caesarea, he marched proudly with the troops, led the governor's procession on special occasions, and had been admired by local horsemen who recognised his greatness. Then came the day to march into Jerusalem to take the governor to his residence there, a march of triumph designed to impress a conquered people, to show them who was boss and to stamp his hoof of authority over the ordinary people on his rider's behalf. As they approached the city, Marcellus was expecting the usual fanfare of welcome, a jubilant and cheering crowd, a grand show. But, but instead, there wasn't a sound. Not a soul came out to see them. Despite the splendour of his gold chains and saddle, despite the glory of his well-groomed mane, the streets were empty. The people hid defiantly out of sight. Pontius Pilate, with drawn swords, scowled, but the Jews refused to welcome his rule. The imperial eagle was scorned, and Marcellus, who was used to a royal welcome, trotted silently into the city, unrecognised and ignored. Only a matter of weeks later, Zeddy was tethered up, miserable as usual, to a post outside the cattle store where he existed when two men came and undid the rope to take him away. His grumpy owner had words with them briefly, but it seemed okay, and he was taken off towards the city. What was going on? <coughs> Soon he was with other men, and having a coat put on his back. And then one man in particular got onto him, Zeddy's first ever rider. But this rider was so sure of himself, and so gentle in his control, that Zeddy did not resist. They set off towards Jerusalem. As they approached the city, crowds began to gather. Some shouted a warm welcome, and others waved branches, singing Hosanna, welcome him who comes in God's name, Hosanna to the king. Others put down their coats onto the road, like putting down a red carpet. It became a great procession of triumph, 
a victory march, a royal occasion. So much so that soon the whole city, it seemed, came out to welcome this special rider on the back of this very unspecial donkey. Zeddy felt both proud and humbled at the same time. They called his rider Jesus. Zeddy found him so light to carry, and yet clearly he was the most important burden he'd ever borne his entire life. In a grand stable not too far away, Marcellus, disturbed by the noise, gave a jealous snort, because he knew that the welcome he should have had had gone to another. All I hope, he thought to himself, is that all that noise is for some worthy animal. It must be a very splendid beast to receive so royal a welcome. If only he had known the truth. Let's pray together. Father God, no gift that we can bring to you compares to the gifts of free giving of your grace. And we bring you our gifts and we bring you our praise like people did that first pound something. And we thank you for everything you did for us at Easter. We ask that you will help us to use these gifts to spread that message amongst the people that we are. Our intercessions this morning will focus on some of the past week's news and we'll also pray for the Easter Holiday Club which will be taking place here this coming week. I want to begin by using a prayer written by Jan Pickard. God of our daily lives, we pray for the people of the cities of this world working and without work, homeless or well-housed, fulfilled or frustrated, confused and cluttered with material possessions and goods, or scraping a living from others' leavings, angrily scrawling on walls or reading the writing on the wall, lonely or living in community, finding their own space and respecting the space of others, people in mourning or celebrating. We pray in all these circumstances you will be recognised, known and experienced in many lives as the God of compassion, of hope, and of justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of compassion, we pray for so many refugees fleeing from danger, hungry, afraid, and with nowhere to call home. Father, we ask for them warmth, security, food, and a safe refuge. God of hope, we thank you for those who are working to bring relief and comfort to displaced persons, showing glimpses of your love and grace 
in the darkness of despair. Father, give them strength. God of justice, we ask your wisdom and guidance for nations and world leaders towards the way of peace, that hearts will be stirred to be generous and compassionate. Help us to do our part in making a difference. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we bring to you all who are suffering much for their faith in you in these days in so many places in the world. We pray for those who may believe the world has forgotten them. May they know there are people who care, who are praying for them. Uphold all who are persecuted or imprisoned for their beliefs. Be to them a light showing the way ahead, a rock giving them strength to stand, and your presence to hold and support them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. This week our hearts go out to families and friends of the 150 people who died in the German Wings Airbus disaster in the French Alps. Heavenly Father, you know the depth of conflicting emotions experienced by each of the bereaved. Devastation, loss, grief and anger. We lift them to you and pray your arms of love and compassion will be a near and present help. We pray too for the airline authorities and investigators who are facing anger, criticisms and questions and have to deal with the aftermath of this disaster. We pray for wisdom, calmness and clarity of mind to cope and do what has to be done. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we think of the week ahead, we remember in our prayers the Easter Holiday Club. Loving Heavenly Father, we pray for the leaders, helpers and children who will be involved in the Holiday Club. May the activities, games and teaching enable the children to have fun and enjoyment doing things together and also help them to have an encounter with Jesus. We thank you for the enthusiasm and energy of children and their curiosity. We pray as they grow and develop and discover something of themselves and your world, their gifts and talents may be used creatively, their decisions based on what is of good and real worth, and their lives directed in the paths of your plans. We pray for your blessing and encouragement. And we bring all our prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Carol. Let's stand and sing again two songs together. Uh, you are the King of Glory, followed by We Rest on Me, our shield and our defender. Which is a special request from Keith and Alice and Johnson because they celebrate their ruby wedding anniversary. So congratulations on that. Let's stand and sing together. Yes. 
and wants us to worship him in everything that we do. So what do we need to do to worship Jesus? Well, he's not really that bothered about what we look like or whether we're wearing that jumper that our grandma knitted. Who's got a jumper that the grandma knitted? Yeah, I'm sure lots of people do. But there are even more important things to think about than the chores we've got to do at home. But what we need to do is focus on God in everything that we do. So this morning, as we think about welcoming Jesus as King and bringing Him our worship, He wants us to come to Him just as we are. So offer Him our worship in a way that's comfortable to us.